BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Thank you for listening to this DuPont Media production. Available on all major podcast platforms. This is Rod Peterson On Demand. No. Biz Nasty says the Leafs will win the cup. How about that? Can I just say that he's a Leaf fan? He came on the show and admitted he's a closet Leaf fan. So I think when you are making projections for the team that you are a fan of, you're a little clouded. Just because the lack of recent playoff success, everybody's kind of nervous to make a prediction and put, yeah. the, put that weight behind the Leafs. This is the Rod Peterson Show. It is, and we're coast-to-coast like butter and toast. It's episode number 423 of Canada's Daytime Sports Talk Show. We're on the air. RP here, dupes there on the program coming up from Sportsnet. Montreal, Eric Engels to talk uh, Montreal Canadian. Saskatoon Blades head coach Mitch Love is going to be with us. And Jeff Kerbison, an author on Winnipeg Jets WHA Days. We have breaking news today as we go to air. And as one of our P1s, Nelson Hakowicz, has just said, and just like that, Carson Wentz has derailed the quick six show topics. I wouldn't go that far. I was going to say off the hop that if you're coming here for football today, you might as well just change stations because it's a hockey day. Maybe I'll flip that to saying if you're coming here to talk CFL today, wait until tomorrow. Because it's big news, breaking news. I rang the breaking news bell. The Philadelphia Eagles have agreed to trade quarterback Carson Wentz to the Indianapolis Colts for a 2021 third-round draft pick and a conditional 2022 second-round pick that could turn into a first-rounder. League sources tell ESPN's Chris Mortensen and Adam Schefter. The Eagles will receive the 85th overall pick in this year's draft, and the conditional second-rounder can become a first-round pick based on Wentz's playing time, according to sources. So what happened? They've been teasing this for days, that Carson Wentz was going to be dealt by the Eagles, and today it happened moments ago, 15, 20 minutes ago. And you're talking about, if I may, what did Jared Goff go? Number one overall, correct, to the Rams, and Wentz went two to the Eagles. Well, it didn't work out obviously, for him in Philly, and now he's gone to the Indianapolis Colts. And, yes, that's the breaking news of the day-to-day. I I would prefer to spend more time on it tomorrow when Tory Gurley is with us and our football guys. But it has set up this poll question. Just don't forget that the Colts made the playoffs this year. They went to Buffalo, and they did get shellacked. But the question today that Darren DuPont, Moose, came up with, and that is, is Carson Wentz an upgrade over Phillip Rivers for the Colts? What would you vote on that? Um, I would say no. 
You and 60% of respondents say no. Yeah, that's just in the short term. Just because Philip Rivers, I know they call him Old Man Rivers. He retired. He's consistently put up great numbers. He's among the all-time leaders in passing yards and touchdowns. And, you know, a guy who's going to at least have his name talked about for the, for the Pro Football Hall of Fame. But Carson Wentz has a bigger ceiling, at least now for the Colts, than Philip Rivers did um, a year ago. So, no, he's not an upgrade in, um, initially, but he's got a bigger ceiling. And if he can come into an in Indianapolis where they've got now a really good running game, a great offensive line, a great defense, they've got some weapons if T.Y. Hilton comes back, they instantly become... Super Bowl contenders. They got a chance. They got their Super Bowl contenders. Well, and I, hey, it did. It did. You're right, Nelson. It did derail the quick six, which I'm loath to say. But look, Jeffrey Gardner writes in. He says, if it's a hockey day, I'm tuned in from Los Angeles. So it's not like he's not going to get a ton of this coverage from where he's sitting. They're not going to get hockey coverage down there. So we'll jump into that right away. But nowhere in this ESPN article does it even mention money. It doesn't even mention money. And one of our biggest sponsors, Rockstar Supply Chain Solutions, the dar in Rockstar is Darnell. And he's writing in and he says, sad. And believe me, I get it. I mean, he's a Carson Wentz fan. But he, what is it $120 million guaranteed that they're in on? Something like that? It's a lot. How does it not get mentioned in the story? I know. And that's the biggest reason why he's being traded. You know, you look at the draft picks and, and even producer Clark mentioned, he's like, that's it. Like, that's not a lot of draft picks for a guy who won a Super Bowl. Well, I mean, he was he was there leading that team and he's number two overall pick. But the reason is another chunk of it is right. Indianapolis has to take on that cap hit and they have to take on that money. So it's how is that not mentioned in the story? That's massive, what I don't understand. Yeah, massive price to pay. To the quick six show topics, director Jordan, please. <laughs> I'm telling you, we jumped right into the shallow end of the pool here, didn't we? Oh, yeah. Today, uh, number one is Wednesday's NHL leftovers, and I've tweeted so much this morning, i got to dig far to find it. Well, So the Oilers won last night over the Winnipeg Jets, an egg on my face because I said the Jets are going to win, but it was 2 nothing before you sunk into your lazy boy. 2 nothing Oilers. So my point one was the Oilers were not going to be denied last night. Connor McDavid waited a couple moments to get his 500th career point, setting up the goal by Jesse Pugliarvi. Can I ask you this, Darren? Yeah. If you miss the first five, ten minutes of a hockey game, do you not feel like you walked into a movie late? Like you're missing something. Yeah. What happened? <laughs> catch Somebody catch me up. I right? know. I know. And, I know. He, and, and, and they can never, never totally catch you up no. on what you missed. No, you can't. Because I was here in this building in Studio A. What are we calling that? Sure. Studio doing the recovery hour. So I missed the start of the hockey game, and it was basically over. Unfortunately, the Jets missed the start of the hockey game, which is my second leftover from last night. These bad starts for the Jets are what's going to kill them. If anything is going to kill the Winnipeg Jets, it's that. You guys got to be ready to go. And I don't know if it was Connor Hellebuck. I don't know if it was the defense. I don't know what it was. But they were down 2 nothing before the, 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 the ice was even cut up. Point three, how do you – still botch calls when you have video replay. It, it, it makes no sense. Darnell Nurse got called for high sticking when he didn't even clip Nikolai Ehlers. It was Ehlers' teammate. I don't understand. You have video replay. I saw our good friend Elliot Friedman saying on the panel that, oh, the video replay is only used for double minors and majors, and they don't want to slow the game down. Okay, let's just continue to botch calls and see how that works come playoff time. Uh, the next one. Leafs fans are insufferable now. 
just wait until they win the Stanley Cup. And the funny thing is, our good friend Mike Stackhouse has said, here's the the ironic thing. They're going to win the Stanley Cup, and they can't even throw a parade because you can't leave your house in Toronto. That's so leaf. I know, right? That's totally going to be it. That's totally going to be it. (laughs) That's hilarious. It's funny. I was talking to a uh, journalism professor in Toronto who you know, um, and he was talking about the Ryder fans. The sports nag? Yeah, and why they're, you know, so insufferable now. It's because they're good, right? Mm -hmm. You know, nobody, they're not everybody's second favorite team anymore. They used to be, but they're not because they're good and they've won, you know, over the last number of, you know, decade. But um, they used to be everybody's favorite because they sucked so bad. So it's the same thing kind of in Toronto. Everybody loves to hate when you start getting good. And yeah. Uh, so jumping into the viewer comments here, Jennifer Illingworth says Connor gets his 500th. Coach Tip gets his 600th win. Johnny Hockey's point streak ends with a loss against Van. So Jennifer chipping in with some game notes. Jeff, the Stamps fan, says, wow, are the Flames ever looking good? I detect. <laughs> sarcasm detector there because they looked terrible last night i thought you know what i'll flip it over from the orders jets game and watch a little bit of the flames because i haven't watched enough of them i didn't like what i saw turning the puck over at both blue lines cardinal sins jacob markstrom getting lifted out of the game was not a good night to be watching calgary flames hockey and that's my last point of the leftovers two good teams are going to miss the playoffs in the scotia north division this year ottawa is bad we know they're going to miss the playoffs But the other six, only four of them are going to make the playoffs. And who's going to miss? I said the Flames would be number one. You said Vancouver would be number one. And you know what? Both of those teams are good enough to be number one. Yeah. They are. But they're playing like junk. I know. And they might be the two on the outside. That's what I'm saying. Right. It's it's so wild. But that's what makes this fun. The games matter so much. (laughs) Wayne Grolo says, so, Rod, are we now all on the Leaf bandwagon? I'm not so sure about that. No, we're not on the Leaf bandwagon. I will never be on the Leaf bandwagon. Growing up as a kid, there was just nothing with the Leafs that I liked other than Mike Palmatier's mask. That's about it. I've never been a Leafs fan ever. And that's sad because Wendell's become a good friend and got to know Doug Gilmore. Rick Vive, obviously, we connected. But there's just nothing about the Leafs that I like. And you know what? That works fine for this show. Yeah, it's Doesn't it? Of course it is. So, no, I'm not on the Leafs bandwagon. They got enough on their bandwagon. Troy Durrell writes that and he says, both of you repping the blades makes me laugh. Glad that we could give you a laugh, Troy. I'm wearing this to show my uh, support of the dub. He's Mr. Blade. I'm just wearing this because I like, I like the bunny hug. I actually love it. We went up to Saskatoon and bought this. Yeah. Same day that we got this Huskies helmet, by the way, from the head coach, Scott Flory, from the Huskies football program. He came out and he said to us, you drove all the way up here just to pick up a helmet? Yep. (laughs) We weren't doing anything else, coach. Anyways, moving on. That was our leftovers from last night. Point two. I thought this was going to be a Wednesday thing. Turns out it's a Thursday thing. NHL.com's top five. Mighty shifting in the top five in the National Hockey League. From their power rankings. They do the top 16 playoff teams. I just do the top five. 
A new number one. It's the Boston Bruins. Number two, the Tampa Bay Lightning. Number three, the Vegas Golden Knights. Number four, the Toronto Maple Leafs. And number five, the Colorado Avalanche. These teams are all hot, which is what power rankings are for. Any thoughts on the top five? Your team and my team have made the top five. I'm pretty good with it. I mean, I think that's pretty accurate. I like, you know, where they're at. And it is. It's not about standings. It's about who's hot and uh, who's winning. So, yeah, they got it. That's what it is. Who's hot, hot, hot. Yep. Uh, so the R.3 is the RP show, Bottom 5, presented by your local favorite waste management disposal place. In order of worst, Ottawa Senators, I think we all know that. Would you be surprised to know the second worst are the New York Rangers? Very surprised. They are. Yeah. <laughs> They're bad. Mm-hmm. I don't know what's going on with the Rangers. The third worst is Darnell's Detroit Red Wings. Mm-hmm. Would you be surprised the fourth worst of the Nashville Predators? A little bit. A little bit. Yeah. Not as surprised. You know, the Islanders were down there for a while too, right? That was more surprising than than Nashville. But, yeah, it's surprising that they're there for sure. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nashville. And then the fifth worst team is the Los Angeles Kings. But I actually had to spend more than 60 seconds coming up with the bottom five because there's a lot of teams floundering, not to mention there's a lot of teams that have not played a lot of games. Buffalo Sabres would be that. The New Jersey Devils, well, they went into New York and had their way with the Rangers the other night. But Valentine's Day is where the cream has risen to the top. Or as we say in the farm, the wheat has separated from the chaff. And even though you're a townie, you know what that means. Of course I do. Yeah. I'm from this province. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, but see what I, usually it's U.S. Thanksgiving, but in a COVID year, it's Valentine's Day. Valentine's Day is where we saw the split. Yeah. Yeah, we really did. You know, and now we're going to start to see it just more separation. It'll be interesting to see if we, if we get that separation in the North Division. John in Edmonton says the NHL must see something in Toronto that we, the fans, don't see. Um, I see the standings, brah. That's what I see. Don't you? They had a pretty airtight game last night against Ottawa. And the way they play the games. Yeah. Yeah. The way they play the games. You can see it starting to happen on a nightly basis. (laughs) Viewer Adam Schultz says Mad Max is crying with that one. That's the guy. (laughs) What are we calling Mad Max aside from Clark's partner on the squad cast? It's our American Hockey League podcast here as the guys. Mad used to be an in. Max used to be an intern around here. What is he now? We still call him an intern. He's an intern? Sure. Okay. So that's the bottom five. Uh, Point four, the Blue Jays open in Dunedin. I don't know who broke the news yesterday. I'm guessing somebody at Sportsnet. The Blue Jays officially made the announcement this morning that they're going to open the season and play their first two series at TD Stadium in, what do they call it, TD Park in uh, Dunedin, Florida. You had to make the announcement, but is it real news? The only thing where I think this is news is we all thought they were going to Buffalo, didn't we? Yeah. That's it. Yeah, it makes sense. Start your first two series there. You're doing train, you know, spring training in Dunedin. It it feels like the Jays' second home. It feels like it's uh, where they should be. Yeah, I like it. That makes a little more sense than Buffalo. Yeah, but uh, I don't want to get dragged into the COVID pit. But I got a lot of people that are expecting sports to get back to normal. We got some very exciting football news to come through, too. And I, unfortunately, we can't announce it just yet, but it certainly got our fires burning around here, right? Oh, yeah. And it has a little to do with COVID. Things are going to need to go right. But people are very optimistic that things are going to change here soon 
in the COVID world. And I'm wondering, what are you hearing that I'm not hearing? Because I'm seeing the Blue Jays go to Dunedin. I'm seeing the Raptors say they're staying in Tampa. So why? And I'm seeing top doctors saying, don't open up, don't open up. But they are opening up. So, yeah, there's so much <laughs> conflicting info. And then everybody right. says, you know, by May, by June, by July, we're going to be back to normal. Well, we were saying that last March, the same things. So oh, by June, we'll be back to normal. Oh, by the fall, though, we'll be back to normal. And it's a year later. So I would, I mean, all it is is guessing at this point. And being optimistic. And be, which I'm a huge fan of being optimistic. Well, there's... there's but there's optimism, and then there's... Well, wording is very important. There's optimism, there's pessimism, there's realism. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I guess I'll believe it when I see it. Uh, we haven't seen a WHL return to play or Junior A or CFL. So I hope that you're right. I just, I don't know. I don't know. But that's the word with the Blue Jays. Point five, it's the only CFL update that we have, and it's dumb. People are clearly bored. There's this J.J. Watt to the CFL thing. I think people are just getting giddy. I think they should just turn their phones in for a while and go have a walk because J.J. Watt is not coming to the Canadian Football League. Why would anybody even suggest that? Football is a, it's a difficult game to play. The training, nobody really likes it. J.J. Watt made, what was it, $17.5 million U.S. last year with the Houston Texans. He's going to play somewhere in the NFL, but even if he didn't, he's not coming to the CFL. No. Oh, the rookie minimum, $65,000. Here you go, J.J. Yeah, his first contract. He clears that in... Let's do the math. I think people... They, they don't actually think that he would come to the that's CFL, the, do they? That's a per quarter, right? Per quarter or per play <laughs> Per play, I think. he gets. Yeah. yeah. He's, he's not. It's funny. It's funny. It's good social media. It is for the teams to do this. But, but for the fans... Don't think that they're serious. They're not trying to actually get them. They don't think there's a chance. Okay, I wondered about it's that. It's not happening. The teams are just playing social media, right, okay. and having fun. Uh, and then my sixth point here in the quick six, then we're going to break and bring in Eric Ingles from Sportsnet Montreal, uh, is the Raptors. They're at the Bucks tonight. And I was trying to find a Kyle Lowry update. And for between SportsCenter and Sportsnet Connected, I couldn't get a Lowry update. Can you believe that? I must have missed it when I was going back and forth. So anyways, I called it up from the Canadian press. Here we go. The, what is it? The Raptors, 13 and 15, seventh place in the Eastern Conference. At the Milwaukee Bucks tonight, 16 and 12, third in the Eastern Conference. Bottom line is the Milwaukee Bucks enter the matchup against Toronto on a four game losing streak. Yanis Antetokounmpo is averaging 28.2 points, 11.4 rebounds, and 5.8 assists for the Bucks. Chris Middleton's averaging 18.1 points and 5.6 assists over the last 10 games for Milwaukee. The Raptors list for injuries, Kyle Lowry as day-to-day with an ankle. So are we looking at a game-time decision? That's what it looks like for tonight for the Raps. All right, so uh, we're going to break. Do we have Eric Engels? Is he ready to roll? Okay, we will be right back. This has been the warm-up for the Four Seasons Sports Palace. Come in and warm-up at the Four Seasons. Your home for the NHL and UFC. You're watching the RP Show across all 10 provinces and 31 states on Game Plus TV Network, Facebook and YouTube Live, and listen live for Suds Full Service Car Wash at rodpeterson.com. Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. You gotta subscribe. Click the subscribe button for all the content you may have missed. 
Support for the Rod Peterson Show is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Dupes, have I told you about Manscaped? (laughs) You've started to. I've had it for a week. Let me tell you, we've been doing it wrong. We have. Yeah, ask me why. Yeah, why? Because (laughs) I don't know where to start. I used to have to use two razors. Did I tell you that? I was doing an acrobatic act over the toilet and the sink. I had a big hair trimmer. I had a face shaver. None of those were made for below-the-waist grooming. That's a safety hazard. (sighs) Don't tell anybody, but I don't have to worry about it anymore because the Lawnmower 3.0 is specifically designed for men's below-the-waist grooming. And your introductory package comes with a pair of boxer briefs, which I gave to you. Yes, not worn, I hope. (laughs) (laughs) No, I pulled them out of the package. When you order yours, you'll get a pair of underwear. This was a large, didn't fit me, so I gave them to you. You're welcome. Thank you. And it also (laughs) comes with anti-chafing lotion. Where has this been all our lives? I know. So I used to get those nicky things. You must have too. (laughs) Nick yourself. Yes. And your bleeding doesn't happen. Because the Lawnmower 3.0 comes with a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents. Man, Manscaped <laughs> calls them. So, what more do you want to know? When you, when you use the Lawnmower 3.0, you use the anti shaving cream, you leave the house feeling like you've just left a spa. The chafing, that's the worst, right? Rubbing between the legs. Anti-chafing lotion, 20% off with the promo code FANSIDED20. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code FANSIDED20. Hey, honey, can you get one of the kids to show me how this Twitter thing works? Honey, I need to get on Instagram. Time for more of the Rod Peterson Show. It is, and uh, as we await Eric Engels of Sportsnet Montreal, here's a sports update. The Philadelphia Eagles today agreed to trade star quarterback Carson Wentz to the Indianapolis Colts for a 2021 third-round draft pick and a conditional 2022 second-round pick that could turn into a first-rounder depending on how much Wentz plays. League sources telling ESPN.com. Go to ESPN for all the details on the deal. A pair of goals from Neon Leon powered the Edmonton Oilers to a 3-2 win over the visiting Winnipeg Jets last night. Jesse Pugliarvi also scored for the Oilers, and Captain Connor McDavid notched a pair of assists, including his 500th NHL point. Brock Besser had a goal and two assists for the Vancouver Canucks in a 5-1 win over the Calgary Flames. The Canucks improved to 2-3-1 versus Calgary this year. And Austin Matthews scored his league-leading 14th goal as the Maple Leafs beat the Ottawa Senators 2-1 in Toronto. Don Knockbauer is returning to the Western Hockey League. The three-time winner of the Dunk McCallum Trophy as Coach of the Year is joining the Tri-City Americans as an associate coach. Snack had been the head coach of the Americans from 2003 to 2009. Knockbauer also coached the Seattle Thunderbirds and Spokane Chiefs and sits third on the all-time wins list with 692. Where did Snack come from? That's just his nickname. Just, okay. <laughs> Leave it at that. The snack is back. Knackbauer. Snack. Okay. It's pretty easy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The Blue Jays will play their first two home stands of the regular season at their spring training facility in Dunedin, Florida, because of Canadian government restrictions during the COVID-19 pandemic. A source spoke on condition of anonymity because the announcement had not been made. However, it was made uh, first thing this morning by Canada's team, Blue Jays, opening in Dunedin. This sports update for Ballers Rec Room, Regina's newest entertainment destination, 
Visit them on the Dudney Strip and visit their website at ballersrecroom.com. And for Red Bull Canada, Red Bull gives you wings. So we're going to Montreal now. Sportsnet's Eric Engels joins us, which today, Derek, you may or may not believe. Our last interview was our most viewed interview segment ever on YouTube, by the way. So you've got a big following out there. Yeah, you, dude, you look shocked. I don't know, man. You can't, numbers are numbers. So, but hey, you look at this uh, NHL power rankings coming out from NHL.com today. I got the top five here. Boston, Tampa, Vegas, Toronto, Colorado. The Habs are not in the top five. They at one point were, but they're not anymore. Do you agree with those? I guess it's done week to week, right? So I think uh, the Canadians lost four uh, or three or four before winning their last game in Toronto and not exactly convincing fashion. So, yeah, sure. Why not? Yeah, well, like you, you, it shifts every week, and they have been in that top five. But I'll tell you, were you on the Canadians' bandwagon? You saw some people, TSN's Craig Button, predicting that they would be the number one team in Canada, and they flirted with it all year. They could still finish there. Were you as big a believer in them going into the year as they've turned out to be? Um, I had them finishing second in the division behind Toronto, and I had Calgary and Edmonton not too far behind. And you could have probably arranged teams one through six in any order, and nothing would have surprised me uh, by the time we get to the end of the season. So it's a tight division. I think the competition is going to ramp up. I think we're seeing the, the standings close as you know Calgary is not performing to expectation, and Edmonton starting to pick up their game, and Winnipeg is up and down, and Vancouver suddenly is stringing together a couple of wins. It, it's a division, I think Elliot Freeman put it really well, where he said, you know, all the teams here are kind of flawed in, in their own respect, including Toronto, who I have kind of a, a little bit of a cut above. And um, we're seeing it so far. The other, the other thing is, is particular to the Canadians, you know, I feel that this team, everything we've seen from them so far is what I expected, that they have a very deep team, that they can rely on any one of their four lines, to produce that they could rely on any one of their four lines to play on the defensive side, that their defense would be big and mobile and hard to play against, that their goaltending would be a strength. And even if the numbers don't bear that out for Carey Price specifically, he's been, he's been just fine. And Jake Allen has been sensational. And I think as Price gets more action now, as the Canadians are headed into another section of their schedule where they're playing every second night for, uh, you know, two months straight and uh, a lot of back-to-backs, he's going to get more into rhythm and we're going to see the Carey Price everyone expects to see. But, you know, Carey's been there forever, and Montreal hasn't really done anything. I've watched more games of Montreal this year because of the TV alignment, which I'm loving, and I'm sure you are too. You think you said it would be a bonanza for Sportsnet. Uh, Josh Anderson's the guy that's caught my eye, and Nick Suzuki. You know, what a trade that's been. I mean, there's what tinkerings have led to this hot start for the Habs? Yeah, I mean, well, first of all, Josh Anderson, he'll catch your eye because he's pretty much impossible to miss on the ice with the way he plays. He's a straight up and down freight train style player who I think I wrote yesterday. He's uh, got a style that like he looks like he's picking on the biggest, baddest dude in prison. Uh, he's he's not afraid out there. He goes to the hard areas. He hits hard. And when he gets mad, he uh, he, he picks his game up a whole other level. So I think that's something really exciting for Mark Bergevin. And Mark Bergevin knew exactly what he was getting when he bought this player. There's a reason why, you know, I, I know a lot of eyes turned when he signed him to that contract. But again, you know, Mark Bergevin sacrificed all the leverage when he made the trade to, to, to give up Max Domi in a fourth round pick to acquire a player that had a goal and 
26 games last year and we all know it was an injury riddled season but he had 27 goals the year before and josh anderson was highly coveted if you look around the league and speak to people like i do um a lot of general managers assistant general managers there's a number of teams that would have killed to have had a player like this and you know i think what's somewhat unexpected on his end is that like who would have anticipated that he'd get off to this good of a start after not playing hockey for essentially a year um, it's it's a really good start. It was a confidence-inspiring start in Toronto with a couple of goals right in the first game. And from there, you know, it's just he's exactly as advertised. He's exactly what you expect. And it fits really well with guys like Jonathan Drew and Nick Suzuki who have the speed and skill to find him in transition and, and in the rush. And the system that Claude Julien has is a rush system. And um, it just it, there's a chemistry that's building there that's made them one of the most effective lines in the league. And it, it has to do with the fact that Anderson is doing his part, but Drouin is playing great hockey. You know, you might look at the stats and say, oh, he's got one goal. He's got 11 points and the little things that he's doing on the ice, he's played very consistently and very well. And he's uh, he's a fire starter, so to speak, on that line. And Nick Suzuki, you just see the skill and the smarts and at both ends of the ice and what he's working on becoming and realize he's 21 years old and, and there's so much ceiling above him. He's, he's a special player who's on his way to becoming a star, if not a superstar. And, you know, Tyler Toffoli's had a tremendous start. Joel Edmondson is among the league leaders in plus minus. if He's not number one on the list. And Jake Allen is any, any goaltender who's over 930 in a save percentage uh, after playing at least five games is, is doing pretty well for themselves. So Mark Bergevin made a lot of good moves here. Nothing's perfect in Montreal, but the Canadians have played well to expectations so far. Yeah, they had a little rough patch. We expected they wouldn't be flawless throughout the season, and we'll see where they go from here. Well, you know, I got to ask you this. I put uh, every morning I put my NHL leftovers from the night before on Twitter, and I said two good teams are going to miss the playoffs in Canada. Ottawa's not one of them, obviously. And it's fun watching the standings every night, but some Riley Pollock from Sportsnet Calgary writing me and saying, Rod, there might only be three good teams in Canada. And I think we could we know Montreal and Toronto are two of them, but do you expect trades to start here soon? Like at what point did Calgary and Vancouver panic a little? You mentioned all the moves that Mark Bergevin's made. I think Montreal's good. I'm sure the Leafs feel they're good. But at what point do these trades start? Jets already did it for Pierre Luc Dubois. Um, do you expect some movement here in the weeks ahead? Well, uh, you know, it's, it's hard to say, like, first of all, traditionally this young in the season, even a quarter way through, there's not a lot of trades that happen in the NHL one way or the other. Um, I think there has been a mindset that's been adopted among the general managers and Mark Bergman likes to say this a lot. You make your team in June and July, obviously this year was September, October with what happened and the delays in the season. And you got to live with it from, from that point forward. And, you know, you can't make moves in a panic. You can't make moves when you're really struggling because other general managers take advantage of you. And now there's all these other dynamics at play. And I don't think there's a GM in Canada that wasn't watching very closely what happened with Winnipeg situation where they tried to advance the quarantine situation and weren't able to with Pierre-Luc Dubois. And then all of a sudden they bring him in. They want to give him a lot of ice and he suffers. Is it a core injury that he's got? I don't know. I guess we don't get the details. But I think a lot of people... You know, especially the GMs are looking at that and saying, okay, you know, like the trade deadlines in April figure, you know, at least a month out from there or two weeks out is when we got to make our our main moves if we're going to make any. And how many of them have the incentives to give up what it requires and take the risks, especially if you're trading off your roster to bring in another piece. And I think you look at when you're in the early part of the season, whether you're a team like Calgary or a team like Vancouver, 
um, and you're looking to add something to your roster and it might mean you have to subtract something from your roster because the teams, no team in the NHL is truly out of the race yet. You know, even if they've gotten off to bad starts, they're not completely out of it. And, and it's hard to just peel things off your roster without getting something back that you can plug in. So I think the dynamics are pretty difficult to navigate for any GM who wants to make significant changes. And, I, you know, I think we see what's going on in Vancouver. They're, they're probably more likely to make a trade to, to make a jolt. I think what's going on in Calgary, to me, is it might be the most surprising development in Canada right now because I don't, I look at the Flames and I see a deep team at every position and two goaltenders that are really good. And I'm, I'm having a hard time understanding why they're not playing anywhere near expectation. You know, they still have a winning record. But let's face it, in the last four or five games, they haven't been good enough. And, and the early part of the season, Jacob Markstrom played a huge role in, in um, you know, covering up some of their blemishes. So I, I, I think Calgary is a much better team than they're showing so far. And I don't necessarily agree with the assessment that there may only be three good teams in Canada. I think there's, I think between Montreal, Toronto, Winnipeg, Calgary, um, Edmonton, and even Vancouver to an extent, they're all they're all good teams with with certain flaws on them. And we'll see we'll see who rises. We'll see where the cream is in this division. Yeah, I'm I'm totally with you. But I mean, it's Canada, right? So you're getting a million opinions put in your face every day and you just got to sort out you know what what's what um vancouver calgary they were in the round of 16 last year right they survived the play-in round they're not bad teams i'm with you on that but jeff ward saying after the game last night that they've been inconsistent over their last five game stretch and nobody would argue with that uh greg clevgard says uh viewer calgary will make a move it's just a matter of when um can you quickly answer Ryan McCarthy's question from YouTube, Eric? He says, I got a question. What, if anything, does Eric feel the Habs need to add for a Stanley Cup run? You know what? I think Mark Bergevin has thrown a lot of the chips in the middle here. And as they go along, there will be incentive for him to add. And he's banking the cap space to potentially do it, not just to cover the overage bonuses for his rookies or, uh, you know, creates space and flexibility on his roster uh, for in ahead of the trade deadline. You know, there's been a lot of stuff that's gone around recently. Obviously, there's reports out of Nashville that they might be looking to sell. Um, when you think about a player like, uh, you know, immediately what came to mind to me is is this, and, and having some conversations with some people around the league, uh, some of them provoking some of these thoughts for me, uh, is, is Matthias Eckholm is a name that if he becomes available, if he's a guy that Nashville is willing to sell, um, which obviously they have to explore that option if they're going to sell off assets because he's got one year after this one uh, at 3.75 million bucks. And, uh, you know, I, I just think there's going to be a lot of people in the NHL that are interested in that type of, of player. Um, Mark Bergevin has, you know, a ton of prospects. He's got a ton of picks. He can fit this under the cap. He can, he can figure out the, um, the um, draft lottery considerations with Seattle and, and not really end up losing anything of significance to fit in a guy like Matthias Ekholm for one more year. Um, Nashville, it's a little bit more complicated, right? They've got Yossi, they've got Fabro, they've got Ellis long-term, they've got Forsberg for another couple of years. They, they're going to have some considerations there, and they have to also take into account what assets are going to net them the best trade value. So, you know, I, I think Matthias Ekholm is, is a very important player in Nash Nashville's, not only their team, but their organizational structure and what he means 
to the young players that are coming up and he's the type of player that you'd circle and say, I want to keep this guy. I love this guy. But at the same time, they're, they're just in a tricky spot. And I think as we start to approach the deadline, if that guy is actually available, that's going to be a name that becomes, uh, I mean, every, everyone is going to be all over that name. And I think Mark Burge may will be at the top of the list. And I'll just add that inevitably down the line, it's quite obvious with the youth at center on the Canadians in, between Suzuki and Isperi Kakaniemi and Jake Evans, um, they're going to look for sure to add some sort of veteran who can win face-offs and provide depth at the bottom end of their roster. Potentially, that guy is is playing in Nashville also. I look at a guy like Brad Richardson as a as a candidate to fill that role. So we'll see where it goes for, for Bergevin, but, and I'm just spitting out these names. I don't know that they're available right now, and I don't know that the Canadians are interested, but I've, I've been looking into where they might look to improve. And if those guys are available, I could see both of them being targets. Well, there's a tremendous answer to the Habs question. And uh, Chris Bird in Toronto says, Calgary fans need to remember that it's not how you start, but how you finish that is most important. And Chris, I don't always want to be arguing with you, but they know hockey in Alberta. They know hockey in Calgary, and they know their team is underachieving. So in a 56-game regular season, they, they, I, they're raging, and I get it because they're not playing well, and they're sitting out of the playoffs as it sits here today. Eric, um, we'll get to more questions next time you're on thing, when things really heat up, but I appreciate the update today, sir. Oh, it's a pleasure, Rod, and I would just add to your point on Calgary there that uh, typically when, the, when people know that the team is underachieving, you're probably not necessarily looking to the outside to change that. So I think you know they've got to ask some hard questions and look in the mirror and start playing better. It's, it's really that simple. Yes, it is. Thank you, Eric. Have a great day, man. Take care. Eric Engels from Sportsnet Montreal, joining us from La Belle Province. Hey, I got a CFL report when we come back. It was a busy Wednesday in the Canadian Football League. We'll be right back. You're watching the RP Show on Game Plus TV Network across all 10 provinces and 31 states, live daily on YouTube and Facebook, and listen live for Suds Full Service Car Wash at rodpeterson.com. Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. You gotta subscribe. Click the subscribe button for all the content you may have missed. Did you know you can catch all the best moments from the show on all our social media platforms? Now back to the studio with Rob. Welcome back, everybody. The uh, NHL talk has triggered an avalanche, pardon the pun, of comments from our viewers. And I'll get to those. But we do the CFL report daily. And uh, here you go. Here's what went down in the last 24 hours. The Blue Bombers signed American receiver returner Quadre Henderson on Wednesday. The 5'8", 190-pound Henderson comes to the CFL after three seasons in the National Football League. He was an All-American in 2016 at Pittsburgh. American offensive lineman Chidi Okiki signed with the Saskatchewan Rough Riders on Wednesday. Meanwhile, the Riders also announced defensive back Shamar Busby, offensive lineman Leonard Bonner and Devin Johnson, and D-lineman Kelsey Quarles have been released. Saskatchewan also revealed American receiver Arteva Scott has retired to accept a coaching opportunity. The Montreal Alouettes signed linebacker Ken Trell Brothers, defensive back Reggie Floyd, kicker Matt Mengel, and running back Juwan Washington on Wednesday. 
The six foot one, two hundred forty-two pound brothers appeared in fifty-one career games with the NFL's Minnesota Vikings, and the Hamilton Tiger Cats bolstered their secondary Wednesday by signing American defensive backs Cameron Kelly, Marco Myers, Desmond Lawrence, Herb Waters, and Thula Kelly, and Daniel Brown. That is your CFL report, brought to you by Blank. What's going on with that guy? Tell me. Have you talked to him? <laughs> He's probably watching right now. He might be. Might be. What are you waiting for? Call me back. No. <laughs> the pending sponsor. We're going to start the viewer takeover a little early here, okay? And hopefully, because uh, I'm reading them verbatim, I'm sure there's no swears here. Chris Bird in Toronto said, ha, had to laugh at Rod's comment about Calgary fans knowing hockey. I guess that means us Ontarians know spit. How do you get defensive out of me saying they know hockey in Calgary? I'm not sure. How do you get defensive about that? Wow. I'm not sure. I'm trying to p- bring everything together. It's, it's like uh, that Seinfeld episode. Hey, nice tie. What? You don't like my other ties? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, Jamie in Halifax, should Leaf fans be worried about playing the Canadiens Saturday if the Leafs' D is shaky as it has been versus the Senators? I'm not a big believer in carrying one game's problems into the next game. You know what I mean? Every game is its – forget about 60-game segment. Every game is its own period or shift by shift by shift. Whatever defensive lapses the Leafs had, I would like to think, will be cleared up by Saturday. Uh, Regarding jerseys, Colin McAnulty in Ottawa says, I... He says, the the Flames should trade their black jerseys. I'm probably on the fence with those black jerseys. Yeah. What do you guys in Calgary call that horse on the front? Is it Buster? Blitzy. Something like that? Blitzy, I think. I think it's Blitzy. I like it. Blustery? What is it, Clark? He said two minutes till the break. Oh. I, I think it's I think it's all right. I saw the pads on David Riddick. He's got that. What the hell is it? Somebody tell me what the name of that horse is in Calgary. They got him emblazoned on David Riddick's pads, and it looks just succulent. I like it a lot, you know. And weren't they wearing that when they went to the Cup final? Blasty! 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 Did you say Blasty? I said Blitzy. <laughs> Donner Blitzen. <laughs> Close Connor, enough. Connor Cupid. Blasty. Thank Blasty. you. Blasty. Thank you. You know, wasn't that the Eric, you know, Jerome McGinley, Craig Conroy, the Stanley Cup run, right, in 04? Yeah. That's... Were they wearing it then? I think I so. I really remember. I don't remember if that was the same time, but if it was, Kiprasov... And that's a great era of Flames hockey. It really is. They didn't win the cup, but they got there. It was fun. Troy Durrell says, we as Flames fans love it. And then, bing, 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 bing. Adam Schultz, Jeff Stamps, Troy Durrell, Riley Pollock say, blasty, 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 blasty. It's all the comments come. Thank you for rallying to the cause. Yeah, I don't, I don't hate it. It's just not my favorite third jersey. Mm-hmm. Not, not my favorite uh, mascot. But I don't hate it. 
And I like it in the pads of David Riddick. Hey, just before we break, the uh, Kinsman Telemiracle 50-50 lottery is live now at telemiracle5050.ca. <laughs> we jumped another 10 grand overnight. See that? Woohoo! Thank you so much, everybody. You have to be 19 years of age or over and physically in the province of Saskatchewan to purchase your tickets at telemiracle5050.ca. Where are we going? Higher! Draw date February February 26th. We'll be announcing it just prior to the start of Telemiracle 45. And you can purchase your tickets. One ticket for $20, five for 20, 20 tickets for $100, or 100 tickets for 250 Again, telemiracle5050.ca. We'll be right back with more viewer takeover. You're watching the RP Show on Game Plus TV Network, Facebook, and YouTube Live. And listen live at rodpeterson.com. Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. You gotta subscribe. Click the subscribe button for all the content you may have missed. Your opinions now. We won't victimize you unless you really deserve it. Now, back to your host, Rod Peterson. All right, welcome back. We are into the viewer takeover segment of the program. And don't forget, coming up next hour, the coach of the Saskatoon Blades, Mitch Love, will be with us. And that's why I'm wearing my Blades bunny hug. Special occasion because of the guest. You wear that regular. I knew Mitch was coming on, though, so I, like, dug through to make sure I found it. So you don't need a special occasion to wear your Uh, No, I definitely don't. Definitely not. Going to ask him about what happened in the World Junior Gold Medal game, by the way. We haven't forgotten. Uh I don't even really remember what the coaches said after that game. Andre Turigny in Ottawa, the head coach of Team Canada. Mitch was an assistant. I don't think we really got an explanation, did we? No. So uh, he won't mind, I don't think, us bringing that up. That's coming up next hour in Winnipeg Jets writer Jeff Kerbison. Our poll question today for Capital Automall Universal Collision Center, if I can unlock my phone with face recognition software, is, is Carson Wentz an upgrade at quarterback for the Indianapolis Colts from Phillip Rivers? 69% on Twitter saying, no, he isn't. Similar results I see on Facebook, dupes. Yeah. It's uh, nah. leading? No. Well, they don't really have a choice because Philip Rivers retired, obviously. It's interesting to see the Eagles fans, and we have many that watch this show writing in saying, sad face, that Carson Wentz is leaving Philly. I would think it was just a, a real bad tenure for Carson Wentz in Philadelphia. That's my read of the situation. You haven't, we, you know, you talked about why aren't they talking about the money? I saw this on Twitter. Now, I need to get it verified by Schefter or, you know, Chris Mortensen. You know, or somebody like that. But, you know, the reports are that the Eagles are picking up $30 million of dead cap space, of dead money. You looked that up. The huh? Eagles are, are retaining $30 million of dead money just to get rid of them. That reminds me of Moneyball when the GM was, Billy Bean was talking to David Justice. That's how little the Yankees think of you. They're going to pay your salary for you to play for us this year. Yeah. It's the same thing with Carson Wentz. This is how little the Eagles think about you, Carson. They're going to pay $30 million of your salary to play elsewhere. So I don't really understand why the Eagles fans would be upset that he's gone. How do you let Nick Foles get away? That's the question. Not that he's really lit the world on fire and subsequent stops since, right? Jacksonville and Chicago. It's all about situation. Frank Reich can get this, you know, he, if somebody could get Carson Wentz to play 
back at an elite level, it might be him. Corey Grismer, viewer watching on Facebook, says, I turned to the Flames game. Flames Canucks last night was hoping the black jerseys were Canuck retros. Markstrom's pads were great. I thought they were Riddick's. Both goalies played last night. Either or, they had Blasty on the pads, and they looked great. If they could have got the pads in front of more pucks, that would have looked a lot better. We only have a minute, Dupes, but Jennifer Illingworth says, Dupes, the tennis guy, will Serena retire after being defeated yesterday? She was pretty emotional. I saw her leave the podium crying after her loss yesterday. Is she done? No, she's a competitor. If, if a competitor like that's ready to retire, she'll go try and win something, win a match, and then maybe retire after that. That's my guess. DG writing in Saskatoon on the Prairie Mobile text line. Morning, guys. Number one, interesting trade with Wentz. Have to wonder if Carson's mother will get input on play selection or not. I wouldn't want that nightmare family near my locker room. Number two, good news for the CFL this morning is Mark Shapiro of the Blue Jays announced that if they plan to play games in Toronto, sorry, he announced they plan to play games in Toronto at some point. They will stick till Dunedin, Florida until May 2nd, it sounds like. That's DG in Saskatoon. Everybody plans to play in front of fans in 2021. I'm not necessarily taking that as good news that Mark Shapiro said it. Is it Dr. Mark Shapiro? I plan for this show to make $10 million next year. Right. Not, not, Not too confident there. Mitch Love and Jeff Kerbison coming up in Hour 2 on Game Plus and right here on your favorite digital platform. Stick around, everybody. For more Rod Peterson on demand, visit rodpeterson.com. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.